1: Brian Baldinger coming up, second segment as we take a a, kind of a zoomed out view of the NFL. Uh, Baldy is making his rounds around training camp. Lots of very interesting things he said about uh, the AFC and NFC races and just how deep the NFC is. That comes your way in just a few minutes. Also, phone lines open for you this half hour. We're talking a lot of Drew Brees. Also, want to start talking about the kick and punt return jobs. as those are two of the most intriguing battles unfolding at Saints camp for those two jobs. In fact, head coach Sean Payton, you heard him there in hour number one, talk about, well, it's a battle and a battle that's still wide open and a, a race that's still wide open for those jobs. And he's made no bones about his desire to want to improve those two areas as the Saints try to make another push for a Super Bowl. It's been two of the areas where they've really lagged behind the pack of the NFL over the last few seasons, more so in the punt return game than the kick return game. Now, remember, they brought in Marcus Sherrill's this offseason. Sherrill's a veteran in the league, 10 seasons. This will be his 10th season in the NFL. More of a a punt return guy than a kick return guy for the Vikings, where he spent his entire career before this season, although um, he has returned kicks. uh, Pretty healthy 12 yards per return last year, uh, punt return anyways, 23 returns. Kick returns last four seasons has only had 17 kick returns. Been less than spectacular. They're averaged under 20 yards a kick return. So, as Cheryl's. I guess he's the de facto front runner for this job. Currently, uh, both jobs, but I don't think he's any kind of lock to make the final roster. Not when you've got a guy who's 32 years old. Who, yeah, he's been he's been capable, but I don't think he's been spectacular he's been anything but spectacular last time he returned a kick or punt for a touchdown was actually back in 2016 when he did it a couple of times on punt returns. No pretty healthy again last year 12 yards per average but you you want you want to be able to break open plays it's nice to have the consistent 12 yards per return but if you're never getting close to bringing one of those back to the house game changing type of plays you know that's what Sean Payton wants Cyril Grayson's going to get an opportunity there we know they've used Alvin Kamara as a returner before so there's going to be multiple guys who get a chance to return these these kicks and punts and it's a battle that probably will not be won until very late in training camp going to be writing a piece on that that you'll find at WWL.com, just highlighting a handful of guys who could be in line for both of those jobs. Back to the phone lines we go. David and Jackson, you want to talk Saints training camp. David, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I wanted to say that uh, yes, uh, we all lose a step when we get a little older. It happens. Uh, however, when we get older, we're smarter and he plays smarter ball. We... We lose a step in our physicality, but we gain three steps in our mental. Uh, It's a short story I want to tell you. I'm 64. I still play basketball with an office crew for the last 20-some-odd years. Some of us are 60s and 50s. We beat the guys in 20s and 30s because we play smarter. We can't run the floor like they can, but we we still beat them because we play smarter. My dad was 27 years older than me. I could maybe win a game or two of tennis with him when I was 20s, 30s, and 40s. I just could not beat him, even with a bum leg. In his 50s and 60s, he still beat me. Still run me all over the court. Bottom line is, there's a small opening, a small window open for uh, us in our prime. No matter what profession sure. you're in,
1: yeah, yeah, sure. and
2: uh, uh, I still think that Drew, maybe on the back end of that, but he's still in his prime. In my mind, the way he plays. His mental is still steps ahead of anybody with a little more physicality. He can take anybody on 10, 20 years younger, and they're lost. When he gets the ball hike, he knows what's getting ready to come to him. Yeah, and, and
1: no, David, I think you make really good points, and I appreciate the call that, that Drew has become you – know, look, he's always a cerebral guy, but he's become even more cerebral using you know his his intelligence, his head, more than his arm the last few seasons. I think you see that in how efficient he was last year. I don't think there's anybody outside of Tom Brady who runs an offense as beautifully and artistically divine as Drew Brees does here in New Orleans. It still doesn't mean you can't point out – the you know the lack of arm strength that that he showed and and I don't think this is you know some critical mass we've reached with Drew Brees and his arm strength, but I think it just needs to be pointed out. I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill at all, but I, I guarantee you, what you out there who are listening and you listen to WW all day for your Saints updates, you want to know exactly what happens at training camp. All I am telling you is at training camp today, and Bobby talked about this on Sports Talk. Was we saw Drew Brees multiple times under throwing receivers. Text from the 504, one bad practice is a little too uh, too little Pardon me to base anything on. Relax. No, I'm. that's what I'm saying. You don't have to tell me to relax. I'm relaxed. I'm just spreading the word and telling you what happened at a Saints camp. Text from the 504, Breeze has been losing his long arm, but w- what his accuracy makes up for it. Also, it's training camp. He will adjust another Super Bowl, and that MVP he deserves will come. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer that Patrick Mahomes, at least from a Drew Brees and Saints perspective, it's a bummer that Patrick Mahomes was so good last year because Drew Brees would have won an MVP most other seasons. But when you have a guy who throws for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and they're the number one overall seed in their conference, it was pretty obvious by the end of the season that Patrick Mahomes was the league MVP. In fact, that's I had changed my tune in about week 14 when Drew had started to uh, decline statistically towards the end of the season, you know, I, I kind of said, you know, this is Mahomes' award to lose. Uh, remember, Saints training camp and Team WWL brings your all-pro black and gold coverage even on the weekends. And this Sunday, we will have live full coverage of the Saints' open practice out at Yulman Stadium on the campus of Tulane. That comes your way this Sunday. That practice starts at 7, 7 to 9 is the practice, and we'll have coverage all sunday and remember that practice is free and there's no set ticket allotment it just opens you can get out there to uh, a festival they had live music last year concessions merch and then of course the practice from seven to nine we're going to go ahead and take a break when you come back brian balding radio.com sports and nfl insider joins the program that's next who do you think wins the saints kick and punt returner jobs we're going to talk about that as the show goes along, there's a handful of guys in that competition. Sean Payton, again, has been very open that well, those are open competitions. Nobody's penciled or pinned in, not even Marcus Sherrills, who spent nine years as a returner in Minnesota. He's in camp, but they would like to find somebody, I'm guessing, with a little more big play potential than Marcus Sherrills. So we'll keep an eye on that as camp goes along. LSU's camp is about to open, and well, their athletic director, Scott Woodward, Made waves earlier this week when he gave an interview to Tigerrag.com about, well, it might be time for the academic side of LSU to stop counting on these big time contributions from the athletic side. Said it wasn't sustainable and it sets a dangerous precedent when a university starts banking on. Millions, multi million dollar contributions from the athletic side each year. I told you I completely uh, am on board with that and agree with him. That is a dangerous precedent if all of a sudden institutions are. Counting on that money every single year and expecting it in order to keep things running like they should on the academic side, but I did think it was interesting timing considering the debate that everybody had and it was spurred on social media last week after LSU unveiled that new 28 million dollar facility in locker room. Of course, Woodward, ever the politician, he I thought knew what he was doing and giving this interview. Yes, to a very uh, LSU friendly publication, a great publication, and the guy who spoke to Scott Woodward's and. Wrote the article is Tyler Nunez, who's been on the show quite a bit, and he's going to join us now to talk about exactly what Scott Woodward said and what to make of it. Tyler, welcome to the show. To
0: hey, be talking about something other than basketball for lunch,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I know all the all the bad stuff with the basketball. I guess, or uh, we're, we're going to be uh, uh, waiting at least a few months. Well, hopefully a few months if none of these. Uh, notice of allegations, wind their way to LSU. But like I said there, Tyler, I thought it was very interesting timing that Scott Woodward uh, gave this interview to you right after everything that happened last week. Uh, First question, let's just get this out of the way. Is this something, the the change in policy that's been in the works for a while when they're no longer going to have this straight uh, donation um, and revenue sharing to the academic side, or is this spurned on by the conversation last week?
0: Um, I get the sense that this has been a conversation for a while, probably since before Woodward even got there. Now Woodward may have kind of served as a catalyst to get this thing done or will serve as a catalyst to get this thing done because, again, nothing can happen until the Board of Supervisors approves it because this is official LSU policy. But uh, I get the sense that this has been brewing for a while. We've kind of heard it throughout the years that LSU athletics kind of wanted out of this deal. They were given about – I mean – some years they were given more than $10 million to the university. And that's, I mean, that's frankly a lot of money. It may be a fraction of both of their budgets, but it's still $10 million. So um, I think that it, it's been something that's been brewing for a while. I think that once Woodward came in, he probably wanted to see it gone a little bit sooner rather than later. And uh, yeah, we, we had scheduled an interview uh, actually a couple weeks prior to that. And then, and then everything happened. So uh, it, it, it just turned out to be really good timing.
1: I just want to read the quote for everybody. Quote, it's something yeah. that's very dangerous when universities rely on recurring money, especially from an auxiliary like the athletic department. Woodward went on to say, so no, I think while I will always support the university in some form or fashion, we cannot sustain what we're currently doing. End quote. Uh, Tyler, you're the guy who spoke to uh, Scott Woodward along with your colleagues there. Sometimes tone can be lost uh, in print. What was his yes. tone there? Was it was it uh, a little standoffish? Was he just fed up no. with the conversation what was his tone
0: no he was actually very matter of fact and forward with me he he was very good i sat sat down and talked to him for 30 minutes at some point there's going to be a, a feature about him uh down the line but uh this is just so news we had to get it out immediately but he was very upfront and and forward about everything he he spoke about he spoke about it confidently uh, it, he didn't act like it was a secret of any sorts. Uh, I was a little bit surprised at how forward he was actually about the whole thing. But, uh, because right after that quote is, is when I asked him, is if, if if that derived from the idea that uh, it's not the athletic department job to bail out the school? And he very succinctly answered, that's correct. So uh, I, I think he was very forward. I, I do think he knew what he was doing. As you said, uh, as, as before introducing me, he is a politician he was a lobbyist before he was an athletics director. And uh, he, he, he definitely knows how to get certain stories out there. I'm sure. So, uh, I think he knew what he was telling me, and I think he had an idea that this would get out in some form or fashion.
1: I got to ask this to you, Tyler, because you have your finger, and this is you know this your side. You're supposed to have your finger on the LSU uh, fan yeah. base. So you do very well uh, when he when Scott Woodward says this, and this is another quote that's in this article. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that in places that he's been, and I'm paraphrasing this, on average they give about 1.5 more to the academic side than they do the athletic side. Well, that's and that's not the case here. I know the widely circulated article from the Advocate says, right. "Well, there's actually more money, uh, quite a bit more, going to the athletic side than the academic side." Was uh, that just him trying to, you know, spurn on uh, more donating to the academic side? And, and and do you feel like LSU fans are uh, are receptive to when they hear something like that? That hey, the academic fundraising is lagging.
0: Um, I think it's 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 a little bit more complicated than a lot of that. I think that, um. Yes, they they have had trouble in the past uh, fundraising academically. I, th- I believe that table is it, it's from 2010 to 2014. I'd be interested to see newer numbers, considering they've kind of had a big push over the last five or six years in fundraising. I know they started like a fundraising day where each college is trying to do, to out, outbid each other with donations, and uh, they're, they're, we've seen. Uh, Renovations to Patrick F. Taylor Hall and a brand new business building over the last six years. So, I'd be curious to see new numbers. But you're right. There, there, there is definitely a disparity between what he said and, and what the facts have been in the past. And uh, some, some fans have been asking about that. And I, I, again, I am working on trying to get newer numbers on that. But and, and uh, may, they, maybe they reflect what he said. But and maybe I should have pushed a little bit harder on him on that. Uh, I had a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, in, in that interview that, that that me and a lot of other people within the tiger Rack community wanted to get asked but uh, but yeah it's definitely something for uh, to, to, to consider because it based on like you said that advocate article that, that is not a factual statement or at least it has been in recent memory.
1: Talking to Tyler Nunez of tigerag.com again, he spoke to Scott Woodward earlier this week and that article on, well, LSU a- athletics is going to change the policy where they give a percentage of that. I think it was a percentage of the revenue, Tyler, um, the profits anyways, back to the academics. What, what's the new policy going to look like if it's not just a straight revenue split?
0: That's, that's a good question. Uh, the, the, my my initial thoughts were that they wanted to get rid of like this lump sum that they're giving to the university every year. And the, the original the original deal was from 2012 to 2015. They're supposed to give the university 36 million dollars. Well, that turned almost 50 million dollars. Just uh, I guess LSU was feeling the, the athletic department was, was making a lot of money and they were feeling generous. And they did that at a time where where budget cuts were very severe and, and LSU really needed a hand. Uh, as for what they're going to do in the future, I'm not really sure. they are definitely not going to give as much money. They're not. Don't expect LSU to be giving the athletic department to be giving ten million dollars a year anymore. Uh, at the same time, I can. I, I, what I see them doing is maybe having a little bit more targeted uh, donations to, to to the university. Uh, for example, he, he said he wanted to be there in support for the library. Uh, maybe. Like Hey, if you raise this much money, we'll match it. Or if, if you're able to commit this much money, we can commit this much money. Uh, I, I think that targeted donations on, on areas of campus that are really in need that the athletic department can directly impact is probably the, the direction I would personally move uh moving forward but uh as for what they're going to do uh it's kind of up in the air there's a lot of different options they could take
1: you know i i guess the question would be and this is an unfair question to you you're just covering the short story but the question yeah. immediately that comes to mind to me tyler is well if lsu is making and i'm talking about the athletic department if lsu athletics mm-hmm. is making money hand over foot and record profits why pull back now? It's it's it seems a little excessive. If you're already getting pushback from this twenty-eight million dollar new facility in locker room, I mean, do we really need a thirty-eight million dollar new facility in locker room? Why <laughs> why why are we why are we having this conversation now when LSU Athletics is in a better spot than they ever have been?
0: Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. A, the, I mean, the college. Sports landscape has kind of become an arms race, right? Everyone's kind of building the nicest facilities, not just for football. People want them for basketball. They're starting to see it in baseball. I mean, we we saw what Mississippi State did did to their baseball field just a couple of years ago. So, uh, it, it's the more money is being poured into these facilities across the country, and LSU needs to be able to keep up. Second, I do kind of agree with the sentiment that they don't want to get in the habit of. LSU relying on, the, uh, on donations from the athletics department, I do think that does, in fact, set a very dangerous precedent. Because uh, one day down the line, LSU might not be as successful, and then, then where, what does LSU rely on, right? So uh, I think this should lead to uh, LSU asking for money from more responsible places and maybe uh, give them a little le- leverage in doing so.
1: Finally, Tyler, we mentioned Will Wade and basketball at the top of this. Well, Will Wade, seeing all this money pouring into football and football operations, he's going, yeah. oh, we need ours too. <laughs> we got to update our facilities that are 9, 10-plus years old. Do you think that's actually coming?
0: Um, Not in the immediate future. I think that it's going to be a year or two before we get an announcement on that. Uh, sounds like they're not quite ready yet. He did have a meeting with Taft yesterday in which uh, they discuss those kind of uh, renovations and the kind of money that they'll, they'll need to do it. But I do agree that if they do want to consistently compete uh, at, at a high level, they're, I mean, like if you look at the facilities that they have over at Louisville, at Duke, at Kentucky, I mean, these are very high-level facilities that uh, LSU just can't match right now. And I, I understand the want for that. I think he's probably going to have to be a little bit patient if he, if he wants those. But uh, I, I do think that they will eventually come. I think that's probably next on the dock.
1: Dock He's Tyler Nunez, and he wrote this great piece on Scott Woodward, the new fund transfer policy saying you can't sustain LSU athletics, what they're currently doing. Got to find it at Tigerag.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, at by Tyler Nunez. Tyler, really appreciate the time, man. I know we'll talk a lot more during the season. Thanks so much. Yeah, anytime, man. Have a good one. You too. There he goes. Tyler Nunez, tigerrag.com. LSU fans should have that site bookmarked. We're going to take a break. When we come back, your call's on this. 504-260-1870. What do you think? Jan Scott Woodward's side here. Or are you with a lot of the students, faculty, a lot of the LSU alumni who say, hey, more's got to come to the academic side. This debate's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's A red hot one online if you've been on Twitter or social media the last week, week and a half. 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. This is The Last Lap on WWL. Always going to be lots of conversation around this. Talking LSU, Scott Woodward. This conversation really continues to thrive across the fall. Uh, across the, the south as we approach the fall, I should say. Text from the 504, if a university doesn't accept athletes into the university, then there are no athletes on campus. Well, that text is, and it's obvious, right? But it also goes to the point, there is no LSU sports without LSU, the university. I think that's what Kind of the just behind that text was. Here's a text from the 504. Have you mentioned the NFL commissioner and others may be deposed in that crooked league stunt that was pulled during the Rams game? And I guess Breeze is finished. You know it all. No, I never said Breeze is finished, so you don't know it all. Apparently you don't know what I exactly said in hour number one because I didn't say that at all. And, no, I haven't mentioned that because I think that's a frivolous bunch of nonsense, and I'm not covering it on the program. So you can go somewhere else for that. That's just – frankly, that's just dumb. I mean, it is. It's dumb that we've got a lawyer in court system, in my mind, in Louisiana, that's going to uh, take a result of a football game to court. Worst moment in NFL history, yes. On field anyways, NFL history. I've said that before. In my mind, it is. But it's a joke, and it's frivolous that this is now in a courtroom. Let's go to Joe in Mandeville. Joe, welcome to the show today. (laughs)
3: Yeah, you didn't sense any kind of anxiety from Scott Woodward looking at that operating budget, knowing that it's not as big as Texas A&M, <laughs> that he's actually going to have to work and look at the books a little bit harder than he
1: has to. Oh, probably, Joe. Probably a little bit. He's going, oh, man, I'm going to get LSU, and I got less money than Texas A&M. What's going on here?
3: Well, I'm just saying, and again, I'm going to bring this up again. This is a worst managed university in the country. It is so pathetic about how they manage their funds and how they keep up the campus.
1: You're talking about the academic then?
3: Yeah. Why would Woodard give them the money in the first place? Because you know the money won't be spent properly and it'll be mismanaged. And in that case, you need to go ahead and tell the state to stop funding it. Okay. You're a flagship university, you need to act like it. And if you're in the one hundred fifties as far as academic standards concerned, you're not worth it.
1: Well, Joe, we'll and Joe, and Joe the, the state the state in my mind to your point, the state does not fund post-secondary education effectively, and in fact, Louisiana ranks just as education goes top to bottom, number 48, 48 out of 50 in states and education. That's a problem, Joe. So I'm with you here and you're right. This money has not been used well and effectively on the academic side. It, it just hasn't.
3: When was the last time you've been to UL in Lafayette? It's just like Alabama. Sparkling brand new buildings. Freshly poured cement everywhere. It looks like they manage their resources far better than LSU. Yeah. Just giving them the money, you
1: know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. They do have great facilities there, and you're probably right. They probably have managed it a lot better than the people over at LSU have. I mean, when you got this lazy river that costs millions of dollars and then you have a library that's decrepit and, and literally decaying, there is a problem. But there is also a lack of basic true what they need funding for the lsu system from our state legislature i'm not going to get into the political side of this but it's just it's just true and both both things can be can be true at the same time you can say it's underfunded and also well the funds that they do get are mismanaged because i believe both those things are are happening Thanks for the call, Joe. Good perspective tonight. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 87870. More your calls and texts when we come back on the last lap. Here's a text from the 504. A hey, Seth, what do you think of the no-call hangover the national pundits are predicting for the Saints? Maybe. Maybe it's something that I've worried about. I've openly worried about it on this show since it happened in January. I just don't know how human beings, football players or not, and yes, regardless of what a lot of people think, football players are still human beings with emotions and thoughts and all of that. <laughs> and it, it, you're just going to have a hard time convincing me that just because they're out there playing football, they're not thinking about how the last two scenes have ended just disastrously for this team with the meltdown in Minneapolis and then the no-call last year. So, yeah, I'm a little worried about it. I don't know that the Saints are going to fall apart, but I guess we'll see. We'll see. Here's a text from the 504. Aren't the public institutions supposed to be audited every few years at least? Oh, sorry, that's for real state governments that are actually accountable for how they spend taxpayer money, LOL. Uh, Well, here's the thing with public institutions. You can go right now and find out how every single penny is spent at LSU. You can do that via public records requests. A lot of them are available online uh, and other places. So you actually can find that out. So to answer your question, yes. You can not figure out exactly how LSU is spending this money. More Saints down here brought to you by The Sound Banking a first American bank, a banking tradition since 1910. Ryan Ramchek, now an All-Pro, heading into his third season in the league. He talked after practice today. Here's Ramchek. That was Ryan Ramcheck, the All-Pro now right tackle for the New Orleans Saints. Today's Player of the Day is going to be Von Bell. Who's going places? Von Bell. Brought to you by Toyota Dealers. Let's go places, and that's because well, Von Bell. He's going to join us. Well, at least we heard from him earlier today. We're going to play that next hour for you here on Sports Talk. Also next hour, Deuce McAllister and Christian Garrick. They had a one-on-one with rookie Saints linebacker Caden Ellis, who was as charismatic as, as any guy we've seen out at Saints camp uh, this season. Lots to say, Caden did, and we'll hear from him next hour. Also, we got to talk high school sports. J.P. Kelly, Athletic Director for Catholic High School. Join us talking about the select schools, the private schools forming their own subgroup in the LHSAA. They call it the LSA, the Louisiana Select Association, where they're going to try to bring everybody together on the select side to hold their championship events, especially in football. At a central location, not at home sites, which was the scenario everybody voted on in the LHSAA last January. Then, after JP Kelly, it's Alan Waddell, co host of the All State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup. So, we've got a packed final hour of the program coming up on the last lap. A couple of dates still open for tickets, Saints training camp. Of course, Sunday's practice and pads at Tulane Stadium from 7 to 9 p.m. You can get your tickets there. Actually, I don't think tickets are needed. You can show up. Plus, the following week, Monday, August 12th. That's the last regular date available. One more hour of The Last Slap coming up here on WWL.
3: Okay, picture this. It's
1: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.